Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are going to be talking about the one thing we would tell our first-time mom selves. There's a lot of things that I would like to tell myself as a first-time mom, but we're going to try and narrow it down. Okay, so this idea for this episode was inspired by something that you saw on Instagram and uh, you sent it to me and you're like, yes, this is something, such an amazing idea of what would you tell your first time mom self if you could go back? So Amanda, what is the one thing you would tell your first time mom self? For me, I really didn't realize how hard motherhood was going to be, number one. (laughs) And I wish that I could go back and tell myself that me as a mom is the most important part of motherhood. Oh, yes. That is, so, I think that will come across as very controversial. It could. <laughs> okay. However, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I will explain. Uh, number one, I am not a self-centered person. I hate talking about myself, which is funny because I'm like spilling the beans on everything, motherhood, pregnancy, and talking about things I never thought I would talk about to other people. Yes, exactly. So, you know, you're a co-host yeah. on a podcast. I but know. That's a- <laughs> and we talk about all the gooey, gory mother stuff. So I know. No secrets. Yeah. No, no secrets. So a little bit out of my comfort zone. However... The thing is, when you have children, you are the center of their universe. So you need to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Because if you can take care of yourself, and you're doing okay, physically and mentally, then your children will be doing a-okay. They will be fine. They will be more than fine. And I think that before you go into motherhood, we have this expectation that we have to do everything. Uh, You see other moms on social media and they look perfect and they have their hair and makeup done and they're, you know, they snap back and they look amazing right away. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we have this pressure to be perfect suddenly and being perfect can be really hard on you both physically and mentally. So I think um, in order for you to be doing really well as a mom, you need to call on your village. 
So basically you need to plan out help. This would be my step one, plan out help. And by that, I mean, ask your friends and family if they can help you out. So I had friends who did a meal train for me and basically they picked a date and they dropped off food, which was a huge help because I would have dinner done for me. I had lunches done for me. It was absolutely amazing. The other thing I did was my mom took one day off work for the first six weeks. This was with Caroline and that allowed me to have helping hands and it allowed for me to recover. I think so often the mom just thinks that she needs to physically do everything as well. Meanwhile, your body just carried a baby or two for nine months. Let's not exclude yeah. the bigger multiples. That's true. Yeah. You know, the thing is like you need to recover and by having extra help, you can have the time to heal with the extra help. You can get sleep, which sounds kind of crazy. I don't know if you got a lot of sleep. Some no. days you did, some days you didn't. I did not get <laughs> any sleep. Yeah. Never. Well, and that is so often the case, but again, having your village come and help, if you know that someone else is there, you can go and have a sleep in peace. And by that, I mean, know that someone else is either watching your baby or has the monitor. Oh my God. Even to this day, like there is a very big difference to having a good night's sleep when you have the monitor beside you. There is a huge difference of sleep quality to having the monitor beside you or, and having like a decent sleep, like an uneventful night's sleep to having even just a nap or a sleep in when either like your mo the monitor is gone or you know that somebody's watching your kid or if you are just lucky enough to have a, a night where you know you don't have your child around if you're at a grandparents or if you're at a work conference or you've had to go somewhere you have like a one night alone sleep that sleep it's so different. So different. <laughs> it's like heaven. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. Because it's like your brain can actually turn off and sleep, like rest. Yeah. Exactly. Because even when you're having a decent night's sleep, when your baby is there, your brain is still firing because you hear everything. You're yeah, listening you in your sleep. Your baby so rolls, you hear it. Yeah. And yeah. so like you, that sleep is huge. You are, I, I can't even like, I want to be just, I, I 150 million percent agree. There is a difference if somebody is having, letting you have a nap and taking the monitor or knowing yeah. that your baby is with someone else and you just having that solid time, even so if it's you, just a half hour. You want to know what my mom would do? So my parents live five minutes away from us. So my mom would let herself in the house Saturday mornings and she knew that the boys woke up at seven. And so she'd let herself in a little bit before seven. She'd hear the boys get up and then she would go into my room, take the monitor. Like I'd hear her come in and know that she was getting the boys up. Yeah. And then I would sleep into like nine o'clock. So I'd get like two hours sleep yeah. without the monitor. 
It's amazing. And like, even to this day, like even now, like Freya will be four and Finn just turned two. Even now on Saturday mornings, when I know like Peter is going to get up with the kids and it's his morning, like his time to have breakfast with them and do that morning routine that they have on the weekend. And I get to sleep in. Even now I'm just like, yes, like I roll over and I go back to sleep and I get into that deep sleep. Like even for an hour, it is just heaven. It makes a total difference and you feel refreshed, right? Yes. Yeah. So sleep is such a big piece of it. So if you can get help from your village so that you can have a nap or, you know, have someone like your, your husband or partner or your mom, in my case, because Keith travels so much, come and just give you that little sleep in, like it's absolutely amazing. Other thing that part of you being mentally stable would be making sure that your partner is on board with everything. So making sure that you have a talk ahead of time so that you know that there's things that you won't be wanting or able to do that your partner is going to have to help with. For example, you might not want to do the laundry because you're so tired from not getting that much sleep. Your house doesn't have to be perfect, but you're not going to be wanting to clean the bathrooms or do some of the things that you normally do. Probably for the first three months, make sure that your partner is helping out in different ways. That was, that's kind of my, my thing. Make sure you are mental, mentally and physically doing well. So what would you tell your pre-mom self? Okay, so there was a lot of things when I was thinking about this, about what I wanted to tell myself. Some are the little, like, smaller things, but because we're sticking to one, um, I think it would be cut yourself some slack. Mm -hmm. And so, and there's a lot of things that this applies to, but probably this comes from uh, a quote that I love, and that is by uh, Jill Churchill, that is, there's no perfect way to be a mom, but there are a million different ways to be a great mom. And that in itself, I feel is really reflective of cutting yourself slack. Because one, like for me personally, I am a huge perfectionist. Uh, That's just my personality. And you cannot be a perfect mom. (laughs) It does not exist. You can be a great mom, but you cannot be a perfect mom. Yeah. But with that perfection, like that streak of trying to be perfect all the time, it's hard and it's exhausting. And ultimately it leads to the feeling of, you know, failure and feeling bad about yourself because you're not living up to this unreachable standard that you're putting out. And I feel like as moms, we experience that all the time. We have it, we put it on ourselves to be that perfect mom. And in reality, there is no perfect mom. And I think parenting is so hard to begin with that, you know, cut yourself some slack, like give yourself some slack, take a breather and recognize that we're going to make mistakes, but have the mindset, a growth mindset of, okay, I've made this mistake. How can I move forward? How, what can I learn from it? What have I learned about my baby from it? Because you're going to learn 
you're learning. Motherhood is not a science, a perfect science. It is not something that you do once and you figure out. So you learn, you are constantly learning and adapting. So and each kid's different. Oh yeah. Right. What works for one kid might not work for the next. Absolutely. That's, that's <laughs> a very good point as well. Yeah. Yes. So true. Um, so the first one has to do like when I broke it down and I was thinking about this of, you know, cutting yourself slack, a lot of it is mindset of that perfection piece and trying to be that perfect mom because ultimately there is no perfect mom. Okay. So the next one, um, that for me took some learning and I wish I knew as a first time mom was to cut myself some slack physically. Um, like you touched on it about, you know, you've just done something absolutely amazing. You've grown a human, your body has gone through massive trauma, massive change, amount of changes and give yourself a break and don't think right away that you need to be your pre-pregnancy weight or size. Oh, cause you won't. <laughs> no, but you know what? We see people who bounce back really quick and congratulations to them. That's great. Like sometimes it's genetics. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's airbrushing. Like, but we see that we put that pressure on ourselves to feel like, why don't, why are we not doing that? Or are we, you know, it's, it's summer right now. And I'm thinking about, you know, going to the beach and that self-conscious piece of being in a bathing suit, having a mom like pouch, right. Having that, like being all jiggly. Like we've talked about this before, cut yourself some slack. You did something amazing. You've grown a human. You've done this amazing thing and try and reset your mindset as to rather than looking at yourself in a negative light of why don't I look like I did before? You know, I have bags under my eyes, which I, for me is a really big one, a big one. Oh, really? Yeah. For me, it's a really big one. Like I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh my goodness, I have such dark circles under my eyes. Um, I've always had dark circles. It's hereditary for me. I need to put like more concealer on, like try and cover it up. Ultimately, like there's not enough concealer in the world to cover up my, my, my bags and my dark circles and my eyes. But it's a piece where, you know, you automatically go to your flaws and those things that bother you. And it's trying to not let yourself dwell on those negative pieces and fixate on it because physically you just need to give yourself a break. And especially in the newborn, like postpartum stage, your body is still recovering. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't even personally, don't even think of trying to lose weight or get in shape until like you've healed and you're way past the first three months. Like you gotta well, I, just concentrate on getting better. Like I remember, I don't know if somebody said it or if I, or if it's just like this common saying, but it's like, it took 10 months to grow, to grow your baby. Give yourself at least 10 months to heal and recover before you put like, start trying to. That kind of makes sense though, when you yeah. think about it. Yeah. And you know, there's this big learning curve of, I now have a baby. Like my uh, mom actually told me that she said it took her till I was about a year before she actually felt that she could start to get back into shape, if that makes sense. Because 
you know, the first three months, baby fog. And then after that, you're still, you're still recovering, right? So she said, by the time I was about a year, she was ready to start exercising and getting back into shape. I've taken the position of why exercise? You're chasing after a baby. I don't like <laughs> yeah. exercise, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but hey, when we, when we were born, it was the 80s, so exercise was the thing. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Jane no, on the workouts. <laughs> I really like the position, the mindset of, I don't need to exercise. I already am running around, walking around, doing enough. But it also does not entertain me. It doesn't, I don't enjoy it. So if it's something that you enjoy, great. But yeah. give yourself time to heal. So that's my second point of giving, cutting yourself some slack. And then my third is, for me, another big one too, is recognizing that your priorities have changed and it's okay to have, let those change. Um, I think I've, I've, I have some friends who, who maybe were not, you know, who maybe were surprised in their pregnancies and, and they just were like, I'm just going to fit the baby into my life now. But ultimately your life completely changes when you have a baby. And so there was a real struggle for them of trying to find this new normal when trying to fit a baby into their life. Uh, whereas I think if you recognize that things, everything is different and you can shift and change your priorities, then you're able to accommodate and build this new life once you have a baby. And becoming a parent, like it is really a new phase of your life. You still get to be part of who you were before, but you're kind of adding to it, right? You've now become a mom. You're responsible for this human. And it's funny because the night before the boys were born, Keith and I went out on a date because it was the last one we were going to have for a while. And I ended up crying at Borealis <laughs> um, because I was like, I said to Keith, I'm like, I enjoyed it being just the two of us so much. And he said, yeah, but the next phase is going to be great too. And I knew it was, but that's part of why I was crying. Like I was kind of like sad to let the old phase go, but I was kind of excited for what was coming. I've started calling instead of phases, um, seasons of life. So like it's yeah. a new season. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like, I like that terminology. I like the imagery of it. Um, so yeah, I agree. Very like, teacher of you. <laughs> really? <laughs> funny. Yeah. It kind of sounds like the teacher thing to say. Whereas like phases is like the business thing to say. Oh, maybe. Right. Which is my background. But, so. um, so like for me, and you kind of also touched on it before too, about like recognizing that your priorities have changed and it's okay that they've changed, you know, kind of embracing the chaos and allowing your house, you know, focusing on it's okay if you're not done, you're, you haven't vacuumed in a week or two weeks or three, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't, you know, when your baby's sleeping, you don't need to be dusting, doing dishes, like, you know, running the gamut of all the to-do lists, um, to either nap because as we've talked about, you know, how important sleep is. Well, I'm going to actually jump in and tell everyone a little secret I have. And that is that my dishwasher runs at least three times a day. 
I am constantly putting dishes in the dishwasher as soon as it's full. I turn it on and then as soon as it's done, I just empty it. And it, oh. it saves me. It doesn't matter what it is. If it is a pot or pan, it goes in the dishwasher. And if it goes, if it can't go in the dishwasher, then I don't want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I, so. we definitely use the dishwasher. We run it every night, but I don't put my pots and pans in. I put everything in. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't have time to do everything. It just is easier if I rinse it out as I'm going along and spray it and throw it in. Yeah. But I will say like when we're home on weekends, like I'm doing dishes like at least three times a day and I hate it because I absolutely hate doing the dishes. Hate dishwasher. it, hate it, hate it. Dishwasher. Everything in the dishwasher. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just don't like the idea of putting my pots and pans in a dishwasher. This is one of the reasons why I love giving the kids cheese and crackers, like those pick lunches, like cheese crackers, some veggies, some hummus, you know, all those lunch where you can just pick and you only really need to use a cutting board and one knife. <laughs> but anyways, we digress. Um, but going back to like recognizing that your priorities have changed, it's okay not to be dusting while your baby's sleeping. Do, do the vacuuming, you know, it's okay to go sleep. Um, I personally like to take the mindset on the fact that I haven't vacuumed or dusted is actually a really great benefit to my kids because I'm helping grow their immune system. Um, there you go. Yeah. So I'm helping them by not doing the, <laughs> by not dusting. <laughs> so that's what I tell myself. I, I will also say my house is not like covered in dust. I know. No. Yeah. But yeah. in that newborn postpartum phase, it's okay to not have a clean house as your priority. Or if that is what your priority is, have somebody do it for you. Yeah. Save up some money, sell some stuff, hire a cleaner. Oh, I was just going to say, get a family member or a friend to come over and do it while you. Well, there's that too. Yeah. If you get yeah. someone who's close who wouldn't yeah. mind doing it. Then Schedule your help. Ahead. Your mother-in-law yeah. will love it. She'll feel involved. There you go. She's there. So like ask your mother. Your husband can take five seconds and clean the toilets. Like. Oh yeah, for sure. Have right. your husband or like so, your partner do it. But yeah. anyways, um, so what I was saying that also too, I think, you know, it's okay with the priorities of not getting things done and giving your time that self to rest and relax and decompress. If it's having a coffee or a tea while it's still hot, if it's having a nap, or if it's sitting down on the couch and cuddling that baby and just sitting and relaxing and enjoying that moment. Uh, that is one of my favorite things in the newborn postpartum phase. Yeah, the snuggles. The snuggles. Yeah. I love just sitting on the couch, having the baby sleeping on my chest. Obviously, it's a lot easier to do that when you're in your first pregnancy than when you have such, like other kids running around. But, you know, you can work, try and work it with other nap times. But having that baby just sleep on your chest and watching something on the PVR, like it's just a release, but it's also a bonding piece for you and the baby, which is so important, but it's giving yourself the space to enjoy it and allow yourself to have that experience. Because ultimately like we as moms are so busy as it is like doing everything we scheduling, we have stuff going on in our brains all the time. And it's really hard. I think we forget to stop and enjoy the moment and enjoy the little things like sitting down with ha and just having a cuddle. 
Yeah, or, it's being mindful of things, right? Yeah. So that you can really enjoy them being really little because it only lasts for such a short period of time, even though it feels long while you're in it. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.